Happy Sabbath. It's good to be here after a couple weekends in the mission field. You've seen the pictures. We're at the beach getting a tan. But I have to tell you, we work hard. We work really hard from 2 to 4 o'clock every day. <laughs> every day. That's part of the mission trips that uh, we're involved here at Cali Mesa. So if you want to join us next year and you can't take a vacation, talk to us. We'll take you with us. Before we continue, will you pray with me as we study God's Word? God, uh, we just came to worship you, to praise you, and to hear you speak to our hearts. That is all we want. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Have you ever fallen asleep when you're not supposed to? Growing up in Mexico as a pastor's kid, I was required to go to most of the church services. Sunday night, Wednesday prayer meeting, Friday vespers, Sabbath school, of course, 11 o'clock service, even Saturday afternoon, just in case you miss the blessing in the week. Now, on a particular Wednesday night, during prayer meeting, my family were sitting, listening to the pastor. I began to fall asleep. I did really, I tried really hard to pay attention to the pastor. And you know, when you begin to hear his voice or her voice go like, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. So I tried to pinch my legs. You know, that's a strategy that we use to stay awake. You're pinching yourself, hoping that the pain will keep you up. But it didn't work. So I began looking at scripture open to Revelation, hoping some of the monsters will scare me and wake me up. But it didn't work. So I just kind of leaned forward, and I was again hoping that I will stay awake through the sermon, but it didn't work. Finally, I surrendered, gave up, and fell asleep. And I had a dream. Now, I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but I did have a dream. I was back in the neighborhood park playing baseball. It was the, nine, the bottom of the ninth inning. We were winning five to four, two outs. With, uh, we had somebody in second and in third base, and we wanted to win the game. I was pitching, and my cousin Armando was up to bat, and he was getting ready to swing, but it was my dream, and I was in control. So I remember pitching a fastball, hoping that I would strike him out, but he somehow managed to hit it. I stretched my arm, trying to catch the ball so we can save the game. And then I hit my grandma in the face. <laughs> True story. I woke up, and I realized I was still in prayer meeting. Have you ever fallen asleep when you're not supposed to? In high school, we had this classmate who um, stay, loved staying up really late at night. So every morning she would come and she was always sleepy. And somehow during Bible class, she would just take a nap. One time our, our teacher, Mr. Benkar, a really great Bible teacher, he decided to teach her a lesson. And so he told us that while he was, she was sleeping, he told us to just exit the classroom quietly. He came to the clock, changed the time from 11 o'clock to 4.30 p.m., then he sent a student to tell her that her parents had been looking for hours. 
And when she got up, noticed that the classroom was empty, the time was 4.30, she panicked, grabbed her bags, and ran out. Of course, all of us were out there laughing, making fun of her. But let me tell you, that was the last time she fell asleep in class. <laughs> true story. True story. Have you ever fallen asleep when you're not supposed to? My senior year in college, last quarter, spring quarter, why go to class? We are about to graduate. But you know what? We managed to go to class for the memories. And so we had to take this general class called History of Arts. Now, I love, his, I love art. And so um, it, it, the problem was that it was from 1 to 3 o'clock, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right after lunch. Imagine, things are getting warm outside, and then uh, you eat a, a nice uh, lunch, a burrito, and whatever else you manage to find in the cafeteria. And then you go to class, and the teacher would turn off the lights and then show for an entire hour a bunch of paintings from hundreds of years ago. Now, we managed to come out with a, with a technique to take a nap without the teacher noticing. So what we would do is use our left hand, cover our eyes, look down, put a notebook, and with our right hand, we would grab a pen, and just act like we were taking a note when in reality we were just taking a nap. Now, in one occasion, she showed the thousands and thousands of paintings, and, and she turned on the lights, and I was asleep. And in fact, I was dreaming, and I was thinking I was falling from a cliff, so I tried to grab on, and in, as I grabbed on, I threw the pen to the back, hit my partner, and woke up. I was on the first row, and obviously my teacher noticed have you ever fallen asleep when you're not supposed to? I have heard stories, embarrassing stories, and also pretty crazy stories where also people have fallen asleep while they're driving. They have totaled their cars because driving and sleeping don't go together. There's a story in the book of Acts of a young man who fell asleep. And let me tell you, it was a bad thing to do. Acts chapter 20, verse 7 the Bible says that on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people. And because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in the window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on and on. Now, real quick. You have to remember that Paul is finishing his third missionary trip. In fact, his ministry is coming to an end. So every meeting, every conversation, every visitation is meaningful to him. He wants to do the best he can to share the words of hope, of encouragement. And so the Bible says in verse 6 that he goes to the city of Troas, what is now known as Turkey. This city was famous because they had an important port that connected Europe and Asia. But this city was also important to Paul because according to Acts chapter 16, this is where Paul had received the call, missionary call, to go to Europe. So again, there is a connection in this city. His ministry is coming to an end. He knows the people. It's in this city where he heard God speak to go to Europe. And now verse 7. On the first day of the week. Most Bibles translate the first day, but actually the Greek says Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, 
they came together. As you know, in the Jewish calendar, the, 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 the day started at night. And so they're probably meeting on Saturday night on the first day of the week. It's already considered the first day of the week. They came together to break bread. They would just come as a church. They had a potluck. But they also celebrated the Lord's Supper. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Now that's, that's crazy. You don't do that. I see you guys watching your, 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 you know, looking at the time, looking at your cell phones. I know it's almost 1230 and you're getting ready to go. Now imagine Paul speaking until midnight. He kept talking and talking and talking. Verse 8, the Bible says there were many lambs. Obviously, Dr. Luke, who wrote this story, was a witness, and he noticed that there are extra lambs, so decided to insert it in the story. Many lambs in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Verse 9, seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, whose name actually means lucky. <laughs> he was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young men home alive and were greatly comforted. For years I read this story and I thought that the lesson was not to fall asleep in church. Especially as a pastor preached. I always feared that I would fall asleep, hit myself on the, on the pew and die. Because, you know, this story, it happened. It happened hundreds of years ago. But the more I study this story, I realize that there are a couple of things that I want to share with you in our last minutes that we have together. The first thing, verse 9, look at the young man. The young man, he is falling asleep. It makes me think of the church. It makes me think of the membership. It makes me think of us Christian believers who grew up in church who at the beginning things were excited, at the beginning we were so passionate, but with time, well, things are boring. We do things because we got to do it. I'm using my imagination now. The text does not tell me, but I want to say that the, at some point this young man was engaged in the conversation. At some point he was listening, paying attention. He cared about what Paul was saying, but now he's by the window. Notice he is Inside, but looking outside, just like many of us living in two worlds. Inside, but still looking at the world, falling asleep spiritually. Because again, we've been in church. We do this every Sabbath. This is the Bible. They're the same old stories that we heard over and over again. He was falling asleep. Now you know the story. What happens when you fall asleep? You can die. But spiritually, you can also die. You see, we're living in times where you have to stay awake. You remember Jesus talking to his disciples in a very crucial time in his life. Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, watch and pray. So you what? Don't fall into temptation. 
And yet the disciples, his friends, decided it was better to take a nap. Like the church, like many of us. Matthew chapter 25, there's a story of the ten virgins. You know the story. They're invited to the biggest event in town, the wedding. They're supposed to be there. All they got to do is show up. And what happened? They fall asleep. You get it? The longer you stick around church, you're supposed to be growing. And yet, you begin to little by little lose interest. Things become a routine, a tradition. And now... It's easier to fall asleep. And I'm speaking from experience, third-generation Adventist. I've been there. I didn't have to take, make the sacrifices that my grandparents made. I didn't have to choose what's truth, what's not. I was just raised in the church. But then at some point, I just started falling asleep inside but looking at the outside world. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 to 6, We do not belong to the night or darkness, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-control. Wake up, church. This is the time where God has put us here. This is the time where the world needs us, and yet we are just playing church. When we need to, what we need to do is wake up and just be church. Romans 13, 11, Paul said to the Christians, the hour has come for you to be awake from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. Almost 2,000 years ago, salvation is nearer now than we first believed. Wake up, church. Wake up. Another thing I noticed in this story, it's... The fact that Paul keeps talking and talking, and I'm not going to do that to you this morning. I learned my lesson by reading the, the story. But I also want to say that the church has some type of responsibility. Leadership has some type of responsibility for making this kid fall asleep. Look, he keeps talking, and also there are many lamps which are creating some type of smoke. Maybe the young man was in the first row, and because of the smoke, because it's warm, he goes to the window hoping to get some fresh air, and now he's falling asleep. Obviously, he falls asleep and dies. As a church, we must take responsibility. Many times we have pushed people away from the conversation, from what God is doing. We have worry more about the culture then about what salvation is all about. Be careful. I remember in a previous church where I work, we had a, a ministry that we started in San Bernardino. Every Saturday afternoon, we would go out there and we adopted a neighborhood. We started picking up trash to establish a relationship with the, with the people. And then some people on the board began to complain. You're doing work in Sabbath. What kind of example are you giving them? We ignore them. And eventually we stopped picking up trash and we began tutoring them because they were failing most of their classes. Again, the church board or some of them began to complain and say, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. How can you encourage them to do homework on the Sabbath day? We ignore them. And eventually we began to have Sabbath school instead of going through chemistry, math, and English. And we begin to teach them about Jesus. We begin to have, you know, uh, different activities. And they love this. 
At some point, they say, you know what, we love the fact that you guys come out here, but why can't you guys take us to Loma Linda where you guys worship? We begin to organize, and several church members grab their cars, and every morning, every Saturday morning, they went and picked up the kids. And they were excited to come into our church, but eventually, we begin to hear the complaints. They're not dressed appropriately. They're chewing gum. You know, the words that they're using are not appropriate. It seems like the church was more concerned about defending the culture, keeping up with things that are not, not essential for salvation. And this is what I see in this story. Sometimes we have this responsibility. We have to accept it. We've been the ones who push people away from church, from the people, from the things that are happening, from God, from the conversation. We have to take the responsibility. He kept talking on and on and on. And there were many lambs. Finally, at some point, somebody told him that uh, this kid had died. And, and it's interesting. Verse 10, the Bible says that Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Notice, he's preaching, and then eventually somebody text messaged him, um, you got to stop. There's a kid who died <laughs> downstairs, um, and they need you. So Paul went down, and instead of complaining, instead of giving him a sermon and passing judgment, saying, this is what happened when you fall asleep in God's presence, rather than saying that, he threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. No words, just actions. Imagine if that's what we would do to our friends, to our family members who are spiritually dead. Rather than giving them a sermon and telling them, I told you not to go there. I told you not to do this. Rather than saying those things, a hug, a word of encouragement. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him. And he said, don't be alarmed. He is alive. He saw hope. When most of us are giving up on people, Paul had learned from Jesus to see the positive, to see hope. At the end, it doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is that you come into the love of God. He said, don't be alarmed. He is alive. Verse 11, then they went upstairs again, broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young men home alive and were greatly comforted. Church, it's a silly story, I know. But it's also a lesson for all of us. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. As believers, we've been here in church for a long time. I know. You have heard the same sermons. I know. It's my fault. It's the only stories that we find in the Bible. If there was another one, we would come out with other stories. But you have to understand. You have a responsibility. You have to wake up and go to the people who are asleep spiritually, who may be considered dead without hope. We are the church. We are the church. There is a reason why Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God wants all men and women to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The only way this will happen is if we all wake up and begin to be the church. Let's pray. God, as we study this silly story in the book of Acts chapter 20, we realize that uh, we need to wake up.
enough playing church, enough coming just because we have to. We have to be the people of God. There are people in need outside these walls, and we can bring some hope to them. Bless us as we go our separate ways and remind us of this story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.